Blog Talk Radio. Tonight's episode of Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete is sponsored by Blue Haven NYC in Greenwich Village, New York City's sports bar for grown-ups. Go to www.bluehavennyc.com for details. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're tonight's entertainment. Take me to the volcano! It's really called this. You have to ask for the vinegar with the mother in it. Oh, come on. Quick I need, no. Seriously. Maybe Bed Bath & Beyond, I don't know. I don't know if we'll have enough time. But uh, everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? Am I on, PJ? It's you and me, baby. All right, good. <laughs> good, we're in. Hi, boys. We're in, we're on. There it and is. Steve. There he is. Hi there, and welcome there. to Radio in with Cal and Sam. Pete, you guys. It is Thursday night. It is, it is 10 p.m. The pants are off. The wheels are off the wagon. I don't even – there's other uh, phrases and cliches we're going to throw. It's ready to unload with Cal and Sam Pete. Hi, everybody. Hi. Episode one, number 142 coming to you live from Comac Bayside and Freehold, New Jersey, where there's brownouts apparently. <laughs> there's rolling brownouts. Hi. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Cal. Hi, Steve. How are you? Good. 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 Cal. You should. Good. I'm glad. I mean, we had a little problem with the uh, with the Skype. I don't understand. I don't understand why you can't hear me, Cal. I don't understand. No, nobody could hear you for about forty five seconds. So, well, I was yeah. I was messing with things. I'm messing with you guys. I just have to run it by. I just have to run it by Marissa. That's all. I um, hi. Welcome to the uh, the program. Uh, we have a lot of sports to talk tonight. We have a lot of other stuff. It's 10 o'clock. I already played a baseball game tonight. I'm exhausted. Boy, you must be you must be tired. I caught seven innings tonight. That's yeah, right. It's a nine-inning game, right? No, it's a seven. <laughs> you stood oh. up? Well played. Yes, I had the tools of ignorance on tonight. I was, uh, I was one for three with a base hit and an RBI. Cheap base hit. Cheap base hit. I mean, I'll take it. Uh, it all looks the same in the box score. It's a line drive in the box score, Cal. 
as they say. Hey, it's all the same with the lights off, right? Wait. I've heard that a a lot. That's a whole other thing. (laughs) How are you, brother? I had a nickel. I'm good. Answer the answer the FaceTime, will you please? I'd like to see your face. Uh, yeah, it says connection lost. Connection lost. Wow. Well, why don't you call me on FaceTime? Why don't you I just tell me the to. Why don't you just tell me the name of the movie you want to see? Hey, who's who is messing this up tonight? Is this me or you? I think Which it's me, and I I just don't know. Um, well, I'm, I am I am a. Uh, a professional scapegoat by trade, so I am willing to take all of the heat for this. <laughs> well that's, done. That's my job. Yeah, no, it's good. I got business cards and everything. What is a professional? What does that pay? I mean, when you Not go pro. Well. <laughs> Once you go pro, well. after, you, after you give up the amateur status, what does that pay? You really, you really just get the equity in making somebody feel better about themselves. Now, does that mean you can't scapegoat in the Olympics anymore? It's not well. They've removed it from the Olympics, right? Because you're a professional scapegoat. They've, well, they've taken yeah, they they've taken scapegoating and wrestling out of the Olympics. So <laughs> you gave up your amateur status and you went pro. But you met yeah. a couple of years in there. I did. I did. Um, <laughs> I I came in right behind Nadia Comaneci. The last is she, time is she a scapegoat? She is. She's a scapegoater. Scapegoat. Right. She's fitted for the was replaced more? by the more formal blame game. <laughs> <laughs> right, the, the blame, blame game that, is now, is now an Olympic Nickelodeon effect. game show? <laughs> game. I'll tell you what, your kids are probably magnificent. At the, they are probably gold medal contenders in the blame game. It is, you know, it's so funny you say that because we had an incident just about two hours ago where both of them clearly in the wrong, and each of them pointed the finger at the other one. It was Olympic style game uh, name. Oh, name I mean, game. This, was, this was this was no accountability theater going on in our house, and they were going at it. Man, it was like they were trying to one up each other. Who could take the least amount of accountability? There is the old uh, Eddie Izzard bit about. Uh, you know, you just you you make stuff up. You know, I wasn't even there. I was dead at the time. I was on the moon with Steve. I just, did you break this lamp? I didn't break this. I don't know what you're talking. I was dead at the time. That's 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 the the ultimate in the blame game. Um, how are you, pal? It's uh, it's late, but it's early. It's a little late. It's a little late, but I'm 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 all I'm not rejuvenated. I'm juvenated tonight. Wow. You, I'm all you excited. Got, you got rid of the re, huh? Uh, uh, yeah, this is this is I'm um, first person juvenated tonight. <laughs> That's like the unmitigated disaster we've talked is about that, that before. Right? Can you right. just be juvenated? Why not? Yeah, I'm I'm juvenated. Because it's not like I was, and then I lost it, and then I got it back. That's right. I just never lost it tonight. You don't need the prefix. The prefix. The prefix. What are the prefix? What right. Is, the pre- is that is that old English? That is, I went I went old English there. Let me ask you a question. I want to bring PJ in here too. Let's bring the the bishop in. Because this is that brings your question? Because uh, you feel free, please. No, no. <laughs> there's there's more. Oh, there's more. Okay. Hi, PJ. Hi, Pete. In the original Greek games, scapegoating was done in the nude. 
<laughs> as was everything, pretty much. And it was only later when they changed it to the blame game that the official <laughs> uniforms. That they had costumes. Right. Right, but they they didn't like the colors, and they blamed it on you know they blamed it on each other. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> ironically, no one whose fault is it that we have these stupid uniforms? Ironically, no one <laughs> claims responsibility for creating the event. <laughs> these uniforms are so dumb. Whose fault is this? Who did this? I didn't do it. Whose bright idea was uniforms? <laughs> but the blame the blame game was perfectly good naked. I don't know whose fault that was. It wasn't mine. I wasn't even there. I was dead at the time. It must have been Caesar's. It must have been that guy. Nero. Again. That guy and his ideas. My college uh, bookstore used to sell a t-shirt that said, uh, Co-Ed Naked Blame Game. <laughs> you were on the Co-Ed Naked Blame... But how about those t-shirts? Wow, Peach. Deep uh, the, jo- the Johnson t-shirts. And the co-ed naked beer pong t-shirts right. and oh. wow, Peach, deep. Did you have one? Let's let's fess up, boys. Anybody have one? No. Co-ed no. naked basketball, nothing like that. I didn't midnight, find that that clever. Madness. There was nothing clever about it. But ninety percent. Well, did you have? Okay, it raises the question. Did you have a late night at Binghamton and or St. John's t-shirt? No, as in late the late night, night no. the late night T-shirts with the like the Letterman thing. shirt. Yeah. Right, right, right. No, and on, no. On the back, it had. I didn't think that would be a stumper. <laughs> on I the was back, trying to picture it. It had top ten things overheard at Founders Hall. Yeah, you know, like oh. they, they made one. They made one for each dorm. Cringe. Oh, you did, you had one, PJ. Did either of you have a white? baseball cap with a really severely bent brim and it was a South Carolina Gamecocks hat. <laughs> and it said Cox. Anybody have one of those? Uh, I did not. I'll, I'll tell you why. I didn't, though. I had it in the, your back pocket. That's <laughs> because it was folded up in the back pocket of my shorts right. and, co- and covered by my flannel around my waist. Oh, of course. Yeah, in your cargo naturally. shorts. In my cargo my shorts. My head was too big for hats. Still is. <laughs> I like how you said was, and then you realized, yes, it remains too big for hats. <laughs> That's right. Nothing, nothing has changed. Cal, of course, I had the uh, the game day, I think was the maker, game day. Yes. Made the uh, the college hats with the, the, you know, I had the Dayton Flyers one. Right. Coveted, obviously, for my school or whatever. I'm sure you had the Johnny's one. Mm-hmm. Um, the white was worn often, but I had the, uh, they made a blue one, like a light blue one. Oh, yeah? Our colors, our colors were light blue and red. And, uh, hot, hot hat. Very hot. Yeah, we wore the white ones when we were dressing up. That's right. That was your dress-up hat. Like, for, yeah. for a fancy occasion, we wore the white one. <laughs> right. For a fancy kegger. Right. <laughs> like, I wore the white one. Like, anything over two kegs. <laughs> right. Anything over two kegs. Remember, no keggers, no no dorms at St. John's. That's right. Oh so we man. didn't have that. Oh man. You couldn't stay. Uh, there, was, there were plenty, and you could go to the Rat Skeller. But <laughs> Binghamton had a Rat Skeller. Everybody had one, I think. Uh, we yeah. did not. We had Tim's. It was the Midwest. <laughs> we had Tim's. We had Timothy's Bar and Grill. 
We called it the rat hole. Right. <laughs> but it wasn't a fish. Right. Cheap beer at fair prices. Come to That's Tim. Right. Ninety ninety five cent beers. Ninety five cent plastic cups of beer. Ah. You could go you could go to Tim's with ten bucks and just come home hammered. Stumble, stumble <laughs> home to your, stumble home to your house hammered. With your with your sweet white you you didn't you didn't wear the whites to uh to Tim's Cal. No, 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 that's the blue one, right? That's the blue one. Whatever was gonna get thrown on the floor and stepped on and wouldn't show yeah. it the next day. No, you can't wear the white one there. You you was don't that wear a the straight white. college bar or was were there townies that would go in and out? No, full college. Full on college. Full college. The best part about Tim's, you'll appreciate this, Peach, having been in a band in college. Is that that was we would play Tim's my band, and I give a shout out to those boys by the way guys they played a benefit again this past weekend in uh, Cleveland. They play a benefit once a year in Cleveland uh, for my friend Tommy's uh, brother for his foundation, and uh, they get the band back together. I, sometimes I'm asked, <laughs> sometimes I'm not. I have a, a lot of uh, Stillwater moments where I'm only the lead singer. You know, I was actually the, the drummer for that band. But there's a lot of times where the tour bus pulls away, and they sort of forget about uh, Jeff Beebe. Hey, uh, guys. Yeah, it's okay. I'm only the lead singer. No, they they uh, they they usually add, but they have an, uh, another drummer, a guy we went to college with who plays with them. So I'm a little like Pete Best in that in that equation. But um, they played. Oh, let me. We used to play no, Tim. And that was like a great gig. Like we would make two two hundred fifty dollars a piece from a night playing wow. tent. So we would play there like once a month. But those were three and a half hour sets. I mean that was like it's like a telephone. Yeah, yeah, but when you do when you're in the middle of it, you don't realize it's that you're oh, just no, playing. It was, we would play three sets of like ten, twelve songs each. I mean we would play like thirty five songs. Wow. In a night. And I would I would drink probably like three or four pitches of beer. While playing the drums for three and a half hours. Ah, uh, glory days! Is that Springsteen right here? Hey, I want to. I want to get you back to. You were going to ask a question when we brought PJ in. Yeah. Do you remember what it was? I certainly do. I said uh, prefix or prefix. When you oh, we're not wordsmithing at, again, are we? When you look at wordsmithing. We are going to talk about sports tonight, folks. I promise you. We will talk. The Mets have, uh, spoiler alert, completed a sweep of the New York Yankees, have won their fifth game in a row. Dylan G., just like you predicted, Cal. Yeah. (laughs) Cal sent sent me a text last night saying, Dylan G. is going to get lit up for at least seven runs tomorrow. He's going to get lit up like a Christmas tree. Uh, Seven and a third, 12 strikeouts, 88 pitches of one-run baseball. Struck out his, the last five guys he faced. <laughs> Struck out five straight guys to end the 15, game. And, 15 in a row. Yeah, 15 in a row, five straight strikeouts, four hits, one run, seven and a third. Then then my guy, Scott Rice, comes on, gets the two lefties he faces without any sort of problem. And then Parnell with a one, two, three, nine. Right, the, the middle of the order. Yeah, and then Cano, Hafner, right down in order. Well, no well yeah, all of them. No problem. So anyway, we will be talking about that. We're going to talk about the uh, the Jets and the Giants and OTAs. Hey, there's a circus going on with the Giants, Cal. 
No. It's a Put classic a tent circus, on, though, right? Put a tent on that circus, man. Hakeem Nix. Hakeem Nix said he was going to go to OTAs, and he reneged. Didn't show up. And Tom Coughlin has no idea where he is. No idea. Hmm. Hasn't told the team where he is. Interesting. Yeah. But that's okay. Victor, Victor Cruz holding out. They had to sign Ramsey's Bard back. Dominic, Dominic Hickson is their number one wide receiver right now. Fine. Put, put, a, put a tent on that circus. Victor Cruz but, is holding out in a tuxedo, by the way. <laughs> in a top hat and tail. Yeah, do, can he do another commercial? or? And it's fine. It's yeah, fine. they'll work it out. They'll work it out. Hey, look, when you win two Super Bowls in the last five years, it don't matter if you don't make the playoffs those other three. Listen, more importantly, Mark Sanchez uh, didn't complete a pass today in OTAs and in, in the off-season workouts. That's right. He missed He missed a throw. That's so, right. He, he was only 8 of 11. Today. I don't know if he's going to be ready. If, you know, is he going to make the team? Cal, forget about that. Did you see his headband? I mean, enough. Oh, Mark what, Sanchez. What deal with that? And your headband. The same one that about 48 other players wear in the NFL. What's up with that? You trying to get cut? I also have a... Uh, 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 I really want to talk about watching that Met-Yankee game the other night in 2013. It was a unique experience. I want to talk about that. Because we were texting, we were texting the whole game. Yes, it was like we, we, it was like watching the game with you, right? So I want to talk about that, and of course, John Tortorella is fired. That's big news for hockey fans. Okay, the organization going in a new direction. Okay, so they're making a move. You know, they got the, their players. You know, they're not happy with what's going on, so they're going to make a move for the organization, and uh, you know, hope it works out okay. So I want to talk about that. So, but but PJ question. So I said uh, prefix. Does this mean I can't mean I can't use my new Mets music that I just made for the season? Of course you can. It doesn't fit anymore. Why? Because they've won five games in a row. Yeah. Don't worry, they still stink. This is is what I was going to play every time you said the bat. Is that Edie Brickell? That is Edie Brickell. Yes, it wow. is. She, she quits. She gives up. She that's the up. happiest That's the happiest quitting I've ever heard. I know. Isn't she adorable? <laughs> I quit. It's okay, though. I, I quit. Uh, the lyrics are, I quit, I give up. And it sounds like a like a Happy Day Sunshine song. Oh, I just want to hug her. She's <laughs> playing Scrabble with Paul Simon, and she just starts singing that song. I quit. <laughs> that was the context when she right. wrote it. Right. <laughs> he said they're playing the guitar. Like, right. Hey, I guess we're not playing. We're writing a song now. He just, <laughs> he, game just is over. he just put down xylophone. <laughs> <laughs> and she's that's it. That's it. I can't believe you, Paul. I. You know what? I'm gonna write a song about this. I quit. I give up. It doesn't even matter what I was going to ask you anymore, PJ. It doesn't even matter. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Prefix. When you see a menu, so what is what is it, how is it pronounced when you go to a restaurant and they have a set menu that you can order off of? 
Oh, the uh, P-R-I-X. That one? The right. Um, I usually just say fixed price. <laughs> should, I, should I take a <laughs> what a what a cop out! <laughs> Just play the I quit music again because <laughs> I just out. I, I read that. What does this say? <laughs> All right. The best would be if you did that at a French restaurant. Well, that's uh, okay. So it's spelled P R E, right? P, no, it's P R I X F I X E. Right. right. And how do you pronounce that? Prefixing? <laughs> pricks fix. Not pricks fix. So mm-hmm. I always said, <laughs> I always said a uh, P-R-X-F-I-X-E, right? So I yeah. always said uh, a, a prefix. It's a prefix menu. Mm-hmm. As in it's prefixed. The prices are prefixed. All right. There, there are so fixed, that's technically what it means, right? There, right. There are fixed prices, mm-hmm. and it's they're pre they're pre fixed. They're preset. Right. Covers the whole meal, right? The first time I went out with Teresa and we went to a restaurant that had that, and I said, "Well, you're going to get something off the prefix menu." She laughed for thirty five minutes. Oh boy. <laughs> And she said, you mean the pre-fee menu? What? That's right. Pre-fee? No, start, say that again. Pre-fee? Pre-fee. Or pre-fee? Like beefy? <laughs> pre-fee. Because P-R-I-X is pre. F-I-X-E should be fee as well. Because the X is pronounced as an E. Really? Can you break down, though, what <laughs> each of those words mean? I mean, that's that's Latin, I guess, right? It's, I, think, looking at? I think it's French. I thought it was French, but then I, I thought maybe it was French. Latin. Is that, I, see, I always thought it was... I always thought... That hold on, please. He, please hold, d- d- hold on. Please listen. I think, okay, sorry. Yeah, I just played that prefix. Prefix. I was right. Yes. Oh wow! Wait till I. Oh, I'm gonna lord this. I think that you were treated to a fair amount of snoot. (laughs) I believe I was. (laughs) I can't. How did I never look this up? By the way, this has become a thing for us over over our five years together. This has become like a thing for us, and now I say I've been saying prefix like an idiot. Well, if you if you type into Google how to pronounce followed by any group of words, a YouTube video will come up with somebody reading it to you. Right. Oh. But if you but in but how would you pronounce it in French? In French, would it be prefix? Why would you? <laughs> you mean you mean here in the Do you state? only speak Spanish in a Mexican restaurant? <laughs> well, that brings us back to something we've talked about on the show. How I had always hated when a Latino news anchor, we talked about this, you know, like Selma Rodriguez. Cynthia Santana. Until my wife called me out on, oh, is that right, Mr. Mozzarella? Is that right? 
Is that is that right, Mr. Mr. Galamad? Is that right? Really? You have a problem with that? Mr. Rigol? Well, that's cultural. Right. That's but One's I, cultural and one's oh, professional. I, I do Listen, on that, in that same vein, before we move on, just, I just have to bring this up. I was watching Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives I think over the weekend. Yes. Triple D? Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> Trip to Flavortown. Trip to Flavortown. Ha-ha! The host of the show that you reference, Guy Fieri. Guy, yeah, whose real name is? What's his real name? Guy Ferry, isn't it? No, Whatever it is. No, Guy Ferry was the guy in JFK. Wait a minute. <laughs> That's David. 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 David Ferry. Brian Ferry? No, what's his Brian name? His name is... Uh... What's his real name? Oh, I forget. Is he Italian? Guy Fieri. Guy Fieri's real name is... No, it's like Guy Jenkins. It's like something like really American. I think he's, he's, not, half, he's not... I think he's half Italian. Right, that's my question. What his nationality is. Because he was at a deli in Brooklyn. I can't remember the name of the deli. You would know it, I'm sure. But I, I his, forget what his the name, name is. Guy Ferry. Okay. I was right. Okay. <laughs> so he's at a deli in Brooklyn, a real Italian deli, and they're talking about making a sandwich, right? Right. And the guy talks about you got you know you, you got your ham and your roast beef and your gabagool, and he stops and is like, whoa, 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 what's that? <laughs> Yes, yes. What's that? Gabba ghoul? Gabba what? And I'm, <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm, yeah, and I'm confused because I'm thinking you're Guy Fieri. That's a bad Aren't guy. you Italian? Yeah. How do you not well, know what Gabba ghoul is? Right. Didn't know what it was. If you go to Italy, they don't know what Gabba ghoul is either. But that doesn't, that's not Brooklyn. That's right. <laughs> they know what it is. It's not Italy. My grandmother, when my grandmother went to Italy and she was like, yeah, let me get a sandwich with gabagool on it, they were like, I'm sorry, what now? Or they, were, they, actually, said, they actually said, kefa. Kefa, 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 faccino gazzabba fangula viserato. They probably said something like that. No, but they, they didn't they say remember. any of that. That my grandmother could speak Italian, but it was like Americanized, Brooklynese Italian. Like, they didn't understand her in the town that my family's from. In Sansa, they were like, "I'm sorry, you've been watching too many. You've, you've watched Goodfellas too many times. <laughs> like that's that's not it. That's like Americanized Italian." But I know that. For but him, I'm just for him. No, no, for him not to know Gabagool is a disgrace. Right, and he's and he's in the food industry. To boot. change your name, change your name back to Ferry, buddy. Change your yeah. name back to Ferry. That's a bad job. Yeah, it was. I, was <laughs> uh, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I like how your Guy Fieri is more of a Simpsons character. <laughs> well, isn't he? I mean, really, at the end of the day, isn't he just? But aren't you really doing Bobby Moynihan doing Guy Fieri? Absolutely. I did. Let's put it. To, I'll put it to you this way: I did not have a Guy Fieri until I saw Bobby Moynihan do it, <laughs> and now I have one. <laughs> You're going to take a trip to Flavortown. He's doing some off-the-hook stuff in Southern California. <laughs> and I used to, I'm so burnt out on that show. It's a sin. 
You know, and it's funny, me too. It just happened to be on, and it caught my eye because I hadn't seen this one before in Brooklyn. And, and for him to question what Gabagool was, I was. Yeah, that's a blew terrible. my mind. It completely blew my mind. So we're comfortable with prefix, right? We're comfortable with that? Totally. I think you huh? are in the right, actually. Wow. But. Is... But. Can we, can, we have, can we have Teresa's again? What was it that she said? She said prefix. Which I'm sure is how they say it in France, I would imagine. But uh, my my thing I, is that you hold you keep this information in your back pocket. Yes. Until the next time you go out, and she says "preefy." That's right. And I I I bookmark the page on my iPhone <laughs> that has the page that Peach. Peach, can you just text that to me, please? Can you that link? Just email me that link so I have it at the ready, and then I back pocket that. Of course, the next Hold time on. we go out, I, ha- I have I have please. French pronunciation too. Hold on, let me see if I can get it. In French, it's America sucks. Okay, this is how to pronounce Prixfixy in French. Are you ready? We're ready. I'm gonna put it right through the mic here. New York sports. Did you get it? <laughs> No, we did not. That's a woman saying it, and here's a man saying it. We got nothing. That man sounds just like that woman. <laughs> it sounds a little like poltergeist now at this point. Oh, uh, woman and a man both saying prefix. The With X the X is pronounced in French. Oh, man, I'm going to dine on this big time. Like a man in drag. This is worth, I think, it a free French. dinner to a French restaurant, actually. Right. Here's the problem. Let the waiters, waiters know, too. <laughs> just turn it into a whole big scene. <laughs> the biggest problem with this is, with a with a, a, a two-and-a-half-year-old and another one on the way very shortly, the odds of us going to any restaurant that has any sort of prefix menu, you know, the odds of us going to any restaurant that isn't Jackson Hole on Bell Boulevard Slim and none. So if a diner has a prefix, maybe. A, a lot of brunch menus are prefix. You a lot of brunch you, you menus. Grab a, grab a brunch. Yeah, with uh, my other girlfriends, I could grab a brunch. Oh, <laughs> I could get a Cosmo and uh, we could Poorly talk about time it. victory. That's what it is. <laughs> it is. Where was this show two years ago? We, we were busy. scapegoating right now. <laughs> we can be. Who's the scapegoat here? Let's play the blame game. <laughs> Who's, whose fault is this? It wasn't me. There we were, two years ago, talking about what? Hey, that's time to play the blame game. <laughs> Maybe it was our old producer. That's Let's right. Let's blame it on him. Let's blame it on Dr. Erase Stat. <laughs> <laughs> He's unavailable. He is unavailable. Can we play Plinko after this? Oh, I need the music to Plinko. Plinko is hands down, right? Everybody. Plinko Plinko was the best game, but the mountain guy the mountain was the best guy. theme song. <laughs> that was the best the yodeling, song. With the yodeling, right. I was just going to ask, what was that game? That I game had, was nerve-wracking, too. I had a a University of Dayton co-ed naked Plinko t-shirt. Oh, 
Okay, Peter, we're going to talk. now. We're going to talk about sports now. All right. Good. How do you like? How do you like that? And we're probably going to talk about the Mets. It's a bold, bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see how it pays. Let's see if it pays off. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, Wait a minute, Cal. Uh, I have to announce the big unload. That's right. Cal needs to do a dramatic intro of the big unload. Why? Because it was so good last time. <laughs> What's an oh? <laughs> you want me to recreate that? I want you to go in a new direction. Do that. Go ahead, Cal. I have to step out for a second. Go ahead. Oh, I don't. I don't. I didn't even know what he was talking about. You're, if you're referring to my domestic issue of last week, <laughs> is that? No, no, no. You were just so cool about it. You were like, this is a big unload. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the big unload. <laughs> that's it, right? No, it's good. It gives yeah. the show the gravitas of me. Oh, well, I think that's what the show has been lacking. Is gravitas for gravitas, as, as it's <laughs> otherwise known. Gravitas. <laughs> gravitas. Right. <laughs> Teresa also pronounces it gravitas. <laughs> got a bad case of gravitas the other day. Oof. Uh, the dentist know. told me I've got gravitas. Haven't been brushed. Four out of five pre dentists say you've got gravitis. <laughs> well, throw a prefix on there. It's fine. Uh, okay, so the big unload brought to you by Blue Haven, Cal. Yes, we're going back. Going back, I think, June 20th, right? Is that the uh, the popular scuttlebutt right now? Well, that's what we're planning on doing. We're going to be there on June 20th. We are. We're going to be there on Thursday night, June 20th, uh, for another live Ready to Unload from Blue Haven in New York City. Uh, please go to www.bluehavennyc.com. Uh, they have uh, beer specials. They have a ton of great beers. They have great food. It's a great place now with the weather, too. They open up the windows, and you got Houston Street right there, and it's just a great place to hang out. Um, so go to www.bluehavennyc.com for details. Okay. Well... I'll tell you what, I didn't think, I didn't, <laughs> good fade, I didn't um, I didn't see this coming, Cal, I really didn't. Um, once again, the Mets uh, won again tonight, um, their fifth straight win, uh, they sweep a four-game, two-and-two set with the Yankees, um, in, in dramatic, <laughs> I love this song, by the way. It just fits so perfectly. Um, I, You know, in dramatic fashion, too, Cal. You had two two-to-one games. You had a comeback against Mariano Rivera. You, uh, Rivera. you had a late-inning comeback in game one. You had Harvey pitching brilliantly in game two in his first Subway Series game. Um, then you had a blowout yesterday that was completely unexpected. That saw Ike Davis even get a hit. Um uh, you know, all this going on while the Mets are deciding whether to send down Ike Davis and Ruben Tejada. Uh, and then, of course, the Yankees are about to get Kevin Euclid back, Mark Teixeira back. 
Uh, of course, Grandison, they get bad news on him. He's going to be out four to six weeks with a broken pinky. They had just gotten him back. He'd been back for a week. But the Yankees are getting reinforcements back. So these placeholder Yankees have done a great job. They had the team at you know, 11, 12 games over 500. Now they've lost five in a row. The Mets have somehow won five in a row. I and 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 of course they win tonight behind the brilliant pitching of Dylan G. <sighs> Can't even believe that statement came out of my mouth. Um, Cal, does it does it? Okay, I have three questions. Let me do it this way. I have three questions. Here's here are the three things that are on my mind immediately. Are you going to ask all three at once? Or are we going to do one at a time? We'll do one at a time. It right, depends I will on answer, what's, the, what's on the preview menu. I will answer succinctly. Excellent. Be careful. There, you almost you almost hurt yourself I, getting that word. I couldn't say that word. That's no. a tough word to say. Wow. No. Um, succinctly. Yeah. Words. Succinctly. Succinctly. No, succinctly. <laughs> It's two C's together. It's like Italian. They make a ch sound. So gently. So gently. So nice. Um, so, first question. Yeah. Does this turn their season around? Is yes. that Is that possible? Yes. Why? I think it has. And I don't think, and, and by turn around, I don't mean you're going to make the playoffs. Turn around. Okay. Okay. Let's 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 preface that. Right. Let's let's preface that. Let's preface that. I don't. They're not going to make the playoffs. But what this did was it took a 17 and 29 team, and they just won. They beat the, their first place team in their division on Sunday night in the in in a in an eighth inning. Uh, in com- in com- comeback fashion. Yep. Right. And then they just won four games against the Yankees. They've never done that before. No. So they've won five in a row. They've gotten five brilliant pitching performances in a row. This has turned their season around because the way that it was going, it was going down the toilet fast. I, I don't even think down the toilet is enough. It was, it was in the, it was in the, the sewer at that point. It was as bad around this team and the feeling about this team. I mean, we we talked about it for so twenty years. years. Yeah, twenty years. In, in, in probably 20 years. The 1993 you know, team with, with, with Benia and Coleman and Saberhagen and the 59-win team, it's, it, yep. I haven't seen anything as bad as this was since then. Right. And you had um, – and, 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 you know, it's somewhat rightfully so. You had beat reporters saying this is the worst team they've seen in 20 years. This is a 110-loss team. Um, and, and you really didn't have much evidence – to doubt them. So maybe they've turned it, you know, from a 60-win season into a 75-win season. Is that fair? Maybe, but I, don't, I didn't even want to put a number on it. Basically, okay. to, answer, to answer your question, did this turn their season around, I think it absolutely it turned their okay. season around and it changed the direction that they were going in. And now whatever course it charts from here, I think it's, it's completely different than it was five games ago. Give me your quick assessment. It doesn't have to be quick. Take an hour. I don't care. Give me your assessment of how they've handled Ike Davis and Ruben Tejada. We know that they had a meeting with them after 
the great comeback win against Mariano Rivera uh, in, in the ninth inning on uh, Tuesday or uh, when Tuesday that was uh, Monday. Tuesday. No, it was, it was Tuesday, right? That they the had the meeting and said, right, and, and said if things don't improve uh, immediately, you guys are going down uh, to the minors. Give me your. How do you feel about how they've handled that? I don't. I don't agree with how they've handled it. Certainly, Ike Davis. I don't think Ike Davis should have been given the opportunity to bat 143 on this team. That was, <laughs> he he reached he reached a depth that a major league ball player should not have reached. And I think that I think they were trying to do him a favor. I think Terry Collins really fought for him to keep him here, and he felt that sending him sending him to Las Vegas would have messed with his psyche, and he wasn't going to get better out there any quicker than he would get better here with the major league team. But what I think the problem was, and we've talked about this, I think it sent a bad message to the team that batting 143 is acceptable. And this ultimatum meeting that they had this week came about two or three weeks too late. I think this meeting should have been held at the beginning of May or the second week in May. And that's it. Turn your stuff around now or you're out of here. That should have happened a couple of weeks ago. And I think that would have sent a better message to the team because before this, this five-game stretch, this team was just slogging along, no motivation, not a care in the world, no, 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 no accountability, no re- repercussions for their horrible play. And I think that that might have sent the message quicker. They might have turned themselves around a little bit quicker had they seen that. Regardless of what a great guy Ike Davis is, and I keep, I like to, you brought up Davis and Tejada. I like to keep the two of them separate because I think they're two separate issues. Oh, they absolutely I, are. They absolutely you are. You know, and, and we can get into that because I think Ike Davis, ha, I, I don't doubt that Ike Davis has been working his tail off all season to try to find it and to try to get back to, to where he was and figure out what's going on. Whereas right. I think Ruben Tejada um, totally just fell into the, into the trap of I'm a major leaguer at 22, I'm just going to do whatever I want. We saw that in spring training, trying yeah. to hit home runs in spring training, trying to be a different ball player. And I don't think he ever, I don't think he was doing what he needed to do to try to correct himself until Terry Collins spoke to him the other day. But I got hurt, and we're not going to see him now for a few weeks. So that's, that's why Tejada's separate. Tejada's gone. We don't have to worry about Tejada right now. Right now we got to worry about Ike Davis. You know what's interesting? About the two of them, and you brought up, you just brought up something that's that we've never even talked about. That you just brought it up now, and it just occurred to me. And that is, you know, one of our problems with Davis has always been a sort of sense of entitlement uh, that Ike Davis has had since he's been in the major leagues, and he's, you know, he's been, uh, you know, sort of, uh, you know, not great with umpires and not great body language and sort of. Uh, you know, just miserable on the field a lot of times and, you know, had had displayed a real sense of entitlement, like I belong in the major leagues and it's ridiculous that you're getting me out with that pitch, you know, sort of thing. Like, just a, just a real – entitlement's the right word. Yes. And then this year happens and he's still doing some of that, but he has sunk to a level that's so – shaken probably to his core his belief that he's a major league player that he's 
you know, working his tail off and being great to his teammates and going in after a game where he goes 0 for 4 with four strikeouts, he's going to hit in the cage for two hours, which is not helping. But but he's trying so desperately to stay in the major leagues and prove to himself that he's still a major league player. And then you just said Tejada, and Tejada playing with a sense of entitlement. And I think the roles have reversed. I mean, think Tejada's got, Tejada got complacent, like the shortstop job is mine. What are they, they going to do? They have no one. What's interesting about that is that Ike Davis was more outwardly entitled. Like, you could see it in his body language and the way he spoke to Umps, like you just said. Right. You never really saw that out of Tejada. But I think Tejada's complacency was more subtle and just became more apparent over time. And snowballed and, and completely, you know, has snowballed on him. And it's it's this idea that... You know, he's shortstop for life all of a sudden just because they don't have one. And they moved Wilmer Flores to second base. So, you know, one of the better hitting prospects in the organization, they don't have anybody at shortstop. I mean, they have to play They have to play Omar Quintanilla there. They have no one at shortstop. So I feel like Tejada was like, dude, the job's mine. You know, maybe I'm trying to home runs this year. You know, like his play, like he was supposed to be a heady player. He was supposed to have this great baseball sense. He got picked off second base in a one-run game in the eighth inning. You know, that's he was. Last, the last couple of years, he was that type of player, and he's regressed significantly. Oh, uh, tremendous. Look, you know, I am I no fan. For two and a half well, years, I am no fan. The fact I wonder. That they didn't get Jose. You know, I know why they didn't sign Jose Reyes back. Blame Jeffrey Loria because he was the only guy in the world who gave him more than four years. No other team was going to. Sandy Alderson was fully prepared, and I firmly believe this. Fully prepared. He was maxed at $90 million. They were going to have to back load the contract because they were still going through the Madoff affair, the Wilpons. They had no money for 2012. But he was fully prepared, I think, to go five and ninety. I think they would have went to four with an option year five and ninety. Right. And I think Sandy Alderson was shocked that Jeffrey Laurier that what would they go six one ten? Six one oh six or six one oh nine or something. Or whatever. Yeah. I think he was shocked that he didn't even get a chance to make that offer. Right. So, you know, Ruben Tahoe was handed the shortstop job. And I don't think and Sandy Alderson is a is, is a Ruben Tata guy. I don't think he is. I don't think he was from from the beginning. And I wonder how much is how much of that plays into Tahata thinking or people telling him, "Hey, they chose you over Jose Reyes." Oh, they love they everybody else in the organization tripping over themselves to compliment this guy over the last oh, yeah. ten years. This kid. Look, you know, he came up when he was 20, and look at his baseball sense, and he plays the game the right way, and he's, you know what? I don't want to hear it. He's an eighth hitter. He's a light-hitting shortstop who's somewhat solid defensively. He's not even that anymore. On a really good team, on a great team. You know, go put him on the, you know, the, the Reds right now. He'd be perfect. He'd be a perfect shortstop for the Reds. He's not, he's not, I want better. I'm sorry. I never wanted him to be willed the shortstop job. So you're, no. you're right. But, but him showing a sense of entitlement is interesting to me. 
because it was always like Davis, like Davis, like Davis has a sense of entitlement, and you know you have to prove that you belong here. And now it's Tahana. But I think, but I think the difference that you hit on earlier is that Ike Davis always had this sense of entitlement and Tejada has this sense of complacency. And I think there's a difference between the two. There's definitely a difference. You're absolutely right. There is. You know? No, there's definitely a, there's definitely a difference. I So you think they've handled it poorly? I think there was a lot going on here. With And, and again, this is wild speculation because we don't have access, but this is what we do. You know, I think there was a lot going on here between Sandy Alderson and Terry Collins, Cal. I really do. I really think I really think Alderson wanted to send Ike down two weeks ago. I really do. And I think I Collins, that. Continue, uh, Collins continued to fight for him. And Collins won, essentially. It's it sounds it sounds like he fought for him as recently as this meeting on Tuesday. Right. On Tuesday night, right. You know? Um, okay, so next question. Yankee question. Oh, the meeting. Oh, by the way, the meeting, just just to clear that up, that meeting took place Tuesday afternoon before the before Rivera the game. game. Right, before the game. Had they lost that game? Then they, they, there was speculation they would have been sent down after that game. Right. Which I, I you know what, I didn't have a problem with them not doing that. Oh, me not sending them down. You don't want to soil that win and send two starters down to the minor leagues. And I, think, you know, and I, think I think he really wanted to get Ike Davis to Yankee Stadium to give him a shot at hitting in that park. Right. You know, he didn't hit one out, but he got two hits last night. He did. Didn't play tonight. No, he, he uh, had the night off. Um, real quick, the Mariano honoring... With the uh, and, and then Jeff Wilpon saying that, uh, you know, uh, we hope to see you in October, though it doesn't look. You know, he didn't say we're not going to play October baseball. He just said, and, and, and it's terrible. And Jeff Wilpon isn't is an idiot. I mean, I don't want to spend an our entire pod. Our time is valuable, Cal. I don't want to spend an entire podcast talking about how. How much I dislike the Wilpons, how much I wish they would sell a team, how much Jeff Wilpon is a classic example of a guy born on third who thinks he hit a triple. I don't, I don't, you know, who is really, if you want to talk about the problem with the organization and the way it's run and why it's a Mickey Mouse organization and why there are leaks in the media and why they are perceived the way they are perceived and why it's Jeff Wilpon. I think it's way more than Fred. At least Fred loves the game. I don't even think Jeff likes baseball. I really don't. baseball, though. Yeah, well, you know, come on. So Play what? The game. Where? Where? I don't, in I don't in high school? Roslyn High School, he played. Yeah, okay. Anyway. But, no. Uh, uh, but I don't want to get into all that. But he, you know, him <laughs> saying that, can that serve as an M. Donald Grant moment for this team? Uh, with, you know, the way it did in 73 for the, you know, Tug McGraw, you got to believe team where Tug McGraw told the story a number of times. They came into the clubhouse and they were, you know, uh, 10 games under 500 or something like that. I, I believe it was M. Donald Grant still at that at that time. He hadn't completely alienated the franchise by trading Tom Seaver. 
um, and said, you know, the organization still believes in you guys. You know, we think you can get this thing turned around. And Tug stood up and said, you got to believe. Does this serve as that? Does Jeff Wilpon saying, ah, well, you know, we're not going to be seeing you in October. Do the players get wind of that and say, hey, you know what, pal, take it easy. It could it could it be a rallying cry? Is all? No, no, oh, no chance. Okay. Good well, job, everybody. Well, Good hustle out I know, there. I, no, no, look, look. I'm not. I don't mean to dismiss your because I could. I see where I see where you're going with this, and I think it could serve as a rallying cry. I don't think it will. Put it that way. Okay. For two reasons. Number number one, I don't think the players pay much attention to this guy. It was on the back page of the Daily News. It was the biggest story the day after they beat Rivera in the ninth inning. I know, but I, I mean, get, was, I get was, the sense. Jeff Wilpon gives up on the season. Yeah, I, I get. I get the sense that they've got they've got other things they're worried about. <laughs> <laughs> that was a Scorsese-esque needle drop right there, Peach. Well done. That was that was. I thought I'd go from rags to riches. You don't think you don't think Cal? You don't think the the guys get wind of this? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't. Well, I. Well, all right. They might. You get, they might get wind of it. Like, yeah, you can't like seeing that. You can't like no. seeing your owner say that you suck and that the season's I'm over. Sh- I'm sure they got wind of it. They know that he said it. They were probably like, huh, "Why would he say that about us?" And then they moved on. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't. But Troy Hawkins you know, said, "Who's who's Jeff Wilpon?" Jeff who? I don't. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it really affected them. But the but the second more important reason why I don't think it will serve as a rallying cry is because they still stink. Right. Do not do not let five in a row. Kool Aid mouth. <laughs> <laughs> don't let that don't. clog your your eyes. Don't get they're all Kool-Aid a, mouth on me. They're not. A, this is a great story. I'm. I am ecstatic. It's been a nice happening. week. It's been a nice week. I'm re, I, I. I love the fact that I can sit down and watch a game. Like I look. I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward now to watching a Met Marlin game tomorrow night. A week ago, I wouldn't have given that the time of day. No. So just the, so when so going back to your previous point, the way they've turned their season around and have shifted back into a positive direction. But they still stink. And they're still not going to be a 500 team, I don't think. No, they're not. But, yeah, know, especially so, with John Neese John going on the shelf today. Yeah. I, I mean, he's, only gonna, he's supposed to only miss a start. So. Yeah, which, which basically means amputation is in the offing. And Come on, listen, Cal. How many, how many listen, times have we seen this? With the snark, let me explain to you what happened today. No, I'm not. I'm not trying to be snarky. I'm saying that I, was I snarky. I apologize. You're right. I don't like this. I don't like this idea that. He, do you do you have a deadline to to meet tonight? Right. I don't. Like, I don't. I don't like shoulder tendonitis, and we're giving you a few days off. I don't like that. That just concerns. He said that he could pitch on Saturday, but he feels it's probably best not to. Okay. So the fact he said that makes me feel like okay, it's not, give give him ten days of rest or whatever it's right. going to be. I'm a little, I'm a little, what's the word? Scarred, battle scarred when it comes to Met 
pitchers and injuries and stuff. Look, they don't have a great track record. I didn't mean the snark. I apologize. You're right. It was very snarky. We 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 <laughs> let's not get all Bill O'Reilly here. It's but we try to do we we try to keep it a no snark zone. No, our 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 snark is reserved for the snarky. That's right. <laughs> we, That's how we do it. We double up on the the snarkers. That's right. Um, but, 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 but you I, know what? I'm nervous. I'm nervous, Bry. How's that? Can I be nervous? Don't be. You can be nervous, but don't be nervous because in two weeks, Super 2 date comes and goes, and then we've got a brand-new starting pitcher to plug in. <laughs> a brand-new, sparkly... That was awfully snarky, Cal. Awfully snarky. Sensitive, entitled, <laughs> top-of-the-line starting right. pitcher. Big big timing, reporters. Yeah, here That's he comes. It. Let's run right. down a 23-year-old. And happy birthday. Racist. Racist. Right. right. Anything else God, we can we... throw on Zach Wheeler before he gets here? Good job, everybody. Good, uh, good hustle. Kicks little kids. Right. Kicks puppies on his way to the ballpark. Just kicks them. Just sees. <laughs> right. I'll he's tell you a, what. He's, a... he's, he's not hugging a kid after a home run. I'll tell you that much. No. No, he is not. You won't so, see him playing chess with a senior citizen. <laughs> they still do that? Are they, they've in gotta park. Be people, they do. Yeah, there's got to be people doing that. Yeah, you go do that in the park. <laughs> playing chess with a senior citizen. Do the senior citizens like that? Like, can't I, you see them? I don't think, they were, I don't think they've ever been asked. Right, right, can't you see them just being like, oh, God, I can't believe i got to play this guy in chess. Ah, these damn kids. Will somebody tell this Boy Scout I don't even like chess? I don't even care for it. Parcheesi, that's a game. You want to play Parcheesi? We'll play Parcheesi. On the flip side, I think they do like it when they get to when they get them all standing up and doing a dance routine. I think they do get a kick out of that. That's only in a Ron Howard movie, though. They're doing Gangnam Style somewhere. That, that's, that they love. They love that. You see, you see it on the their face. The old people adore that. Right? They're ghosty yeah. doting with their canes in the air, and they love it. You know what else they love to do, Cal? They love to say things like, uh, for shizzle my nizzle. Like when it's not expected. Like really young, hip, urban sayings. Yep. They love it. In, when it comes out of the mouth of a senior citizen, you never see it coming. Hilarity ensues. Funny. It is they lo- they love doing that. While they're playing <laughs> Night to Rook 4 for shizzle, my nizzle. <laughs> oh, Gladys. Oh. oh, Vernon. You are hilarious. That was, of course, Tracy Morgan as a senior citizen. So that's good. You're hilarious. I'm going to get you I'm again. Thank you. Everybody, now you have a Tracy Morgan impression. Everybody does. I got one now. How about Everybody it? Everybody does. You know I had that. The wonderful thing is listening to Craig Carton. Uh, do he's doing so? Jay Moore on his podcast and on his sports show. Jay Moore is doing a really cool thing. I think Cal. Jay Moore is doing a sports talk show every day mm-hmm. on the radio. 
that right. mixes in comedy and impressions, and he's he's redefining the genre a little bit okay. in in L.A. and he's having success with it, and his podcast is pretty solid. I'm I'm not a huge fan of Jay Moore's, but I'm I think he's I think he's doing a very interesting thing. Um, and he does Colin Quinn all the time. Like he he does it. Okay, you're gonna do this, all right? <laughs> this guy, and he does a, a fantastic Colin Quinn. Does a really really. It does a tremendous Tracy Morgan. So around uh, when Boomer and Carton did the charity thing for Sandy, which was great. They did a charity uh, for Hurricane Sandy relief, and and good for them. It was excellent. They did a benefit at Madison Square Garden, and they had entertainers and performers and stuff. They had Jay Moore on, and they started becoming like boys with Jay Moore a little bit. And since then, he has the, Carton has this little Colin Quinn sneaking into his his regular speech on the show, and he refuses to admit it that he's doing Colin. He's doing Jay Moore doing Colin Quinn. At least I admit it. <laughs> is he? But is he? Is he doing it on purpose, or is it just kind of happening? It's. It doesn't matter if you're doing it on if you're doing it accidentally and you get called out on it. Admit you're doing it. Right, you cop to it at that point. And I called him out on it on Twitter, and he cursed at me. Carton, I'm friends with Jay Moore, you idiot. Okay, that 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 doesn't mean you're not ripping him off. Totally ripping him off. Okay. Hmm. Ah, boy, I don't I don't care for him. Don't care for. You can just change the channel. Yes, I like Boomer. I don't like him enough. I know. Um, so I have another question now, Mets Yankees. Yes. So sure. uh, did or, I never got your answer? Did you have a problem with the Rivera stuff? Uh, I did not have a problem at all. We repairs. didn't even yeah we didn't even talk about this this week like on texting or anything like that. I had no problem, Cal. No, it it, it just it it spawned the only the Mets crowd and only the Mets would honor a guy that kills them. And I'm sick of the Mets paying more attention to other teams' players than their own. And and I I took it a completely different way and thought it was one of the more classy things they've done. I mean, why is it never classy when the Mets do it? Like they did for Chipper Jones and now for Mariano Rivera. Why is it never... Is it just that Jay Horowitz is so bad at his job that... Or, or do they do they screw up the actual, like, presentation? Like, like Jeff Wilpon gave them a fireman thing and they had the FDNY there. Like, how could you hate on that? They had yeah, the FDNY there. Like they had the New York City Fire Department there. The other thing is that everybody everybody gives the Mets a hard time for not honoring their history, and oh, they're honoring another team's player. They're not. Well, who do you throw the first pitch to? John Franco. I mean, that's that's the, the, the Mets all-time leader. Right, right, and and you know you talk about it, and everybody has a love hate relationship with John Franco. Believe me, yes. You you loved him, you hate him. He's he's one of those guys that, with time, you start to think of him a little more fondly. Yeah, 
I agree. But it's going to take a, but it's also going to take a little more time to get okay. to that point. But the fact that that Rivera threw the pitch to John Franco, I thought was I just thought it was set up. Yeah, the I right thought it way. was. I thought it was good. You know, and I, and they didn't deserve the credit. They, they now look. They talk about this all the time. They deserve a lot of criticism for things, but this one they didn't. I I do have a problem with the lack of. Look, we've talked about the Jackie Robinson rotunda a lot. Okay, watching Mariano Rivera do a Q and A with Met fans in front of the Jackie, Rob- you know, the Jackie Robinson rotunda number forty-two is great and all, but that has nothing to do with the Mets. That bothered no. me. That was the only thing that bothered me. That has nothing. Jackie Robinson has nothing to do with the Mets. Marion Rivera has nothing to do with the Mets. Certainly. I get it. I understand. I don't want to take anything away from this. Takes nothing away from Jackie Robinson. It's just that bothered me. Seeing him take pictures in front of the forty-two bothered me a little bit. But Cal, could they could they retire Hernandez's number? I mean, would it kill them? Would it kill them to retire a couple of numbers? Why? Why? Why is that such a thing for the Mets? I don't know. I, I mean, can you retire Piazza's num- number? Can you retire Gary Carter's number? What are you waiting for? I don't. I don't. Know. I don't why are there only three retired numbers for the Mets, and none and of one them? Player. And one player, and none of them have played in twenty years, twenty, uh, thirty years. I mean, Seaver hasn't pitched for the Mets since nineteen eighty-three. That's thirty years. And I really. I really think they just I mean, vote on Gary on. Carter. Most oh, of all. Of course. You know, I mean, you you talk about, um, you know, when he went into, like, I get, like, they were thinking if Piazza gets into the Hall of Fame this summer, they would retire his number this summer. I don't know Gary Carter. Are you kidding me? I thought that was the plan. I thought that was the plan. But why can't you still do it? It, they, had be, they had to be told to put a Met Hall of Fame in their own ballpark. That took a year. You know what they had the first year there? The Jackie Robinson Rotunda at City Field. The first year it opened in 2009. You know what they didn't have? A Met Hall of Fame. They didn't have Met pictures hanging up that in, took the, in the year. building. That took a year. I don't, I, I don't think they. I don't, right. think they I don't think they grasp how much it means to fans how, at this point to have, though, to, have, to have a number retired. But Steve, at this point, how they they heard the hue and cry from the fans to met up the place a little bit more, yeah. right? How have they not heard the voices saying the voices? How have they not heard the fans saying retire these numbers? We want to have. We want a day to honor these guys. We want to see their number up on the wall. Right. Mets fans couldn't be couldn't be louder about that. Yeah. And why? So is it? So is it? Is it just? Is it tone deaf? Is it stubborn? I think they're trolling I, us at this. Point. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, you know what? What they're trolling? They're trolling us when they give Rick Ankiel Dwight Gooden's number. You know. Yeah, that that doesn't bother me. That doesn't well. Sixteen, giving out, giving out seventeen. That bothers me. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> Every time Fernando you turn around, it's some, 
It's some marginal guy wearing them. It's never anybody good. Yet they didn't give Willie Mays' number to anybody except Ricky Henderson. Well, and they, they did. You know the exception. Do you know the exception? Oh, who did they? Oh, it was like a ridiculous player. Who was it? I know who. Oh, it was shoot. Kelvin Torvey. Kelvin, Kelvin Torvey. That's right. And they, and they gave him the number for two games. <laughs> they gave And didn't really, like, right. And they were like, oh, that was a mistake. They made a mistake. Right. Well, and Ricky Henderson, Ricky Henderson asked Willie Mays if he could wear the number. Yeah. But, well, they so, have a ton of respect for number 24 for Willie Mays, who wore it for one year with the Mets. But was of course a San Francisco Giant, so or a New York Giant. So his lore in Fred Wilpon's mind is just legendary. Yeah, I'm surprised they give out four, because you know Duke Snyder wore it for us for a year. So you know that's an old Brooklyn Dodger. I'm surprised Dykstra even ever got it. I, I just uh, and number, they, I don't get why they they they've given out eight very rarely since Gary Carter retired. Um, uh, I can't think of an eight. I can give you Desi Relaford. Desi Relaford wore it, right? I can give you Dave Gallagher. Wow. That's the very deserving. The very deserving. Desi Relaford and Dave Gallagher <laughs> got to wear eight. I can't think of anybody else. But but Keith Hernandez, they give out like it's, oh, you know. Oh, 17. Yeah. That's a, who's, who's, who's coming up for a cup of coffee for about four days? Zach Lutz. Here you go, sir. There you go, 17. Zach. Knock yourself out. <laughs> you know oh, we're who, sending you down. You know who wore this one number once? Fernando Tatis. Are you familiar with Jay Sung Koo? 17 in the program. Right. Yeah, right? I mean, Luis just... Lopez. Have they given out 31? They have not given out 31. Right. So just retire it. I don't understand it. You're right, though. That's that's a huge thing. They just don't. They just they they miss the boat. You know, I had a very but interesting they, conversation they, with a. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, but I was gonna say, but they didn't miss the boat on the Rivera thing. I th- I thought that was done. That was a classy thing that they did. As did I. I have no problem with it whatsoever. They, they, and and they, people that they have your with criticism it, for the other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, a very interesting conversation with a couple of Met bloggers this week on Twitter about how. Uh, uh, people have turned on the seven line, and Darren Meenan. Is that how you say it, Meenan? Meenan. I think it's Meenan. I think it's Priest. I think it's Minan. But the the founder of the seven line, the the clothing line and apparel and stuff for for the Mets, and and people turning on him, and then also an interesting conversation with a few Met bloggers about other Met bloggers. Sort of coming and going and getting bitter about the and being bitter about the team and just not being great and you know it's kind of sad, Cal. That and we've said this before on the show and I just wanted to touch on this. You know they've won five games in a row. They beat the they just beat, they just swept the Yankees in a four game set, home and away. And I said this today. I, I really do believe this is true. We've said it on the show a million times. I don't think Met fans know how to be happy. And I don't think they want to be. I really don't. I, I, th- I That's where I disagree. Because I, I thought that too. And I'm coming around to the thinking that it's not that they don't want to be. Because they want to be happy. They want to win. They want to be happy. They just You said it. They don't know how to be. But do, do they even know what it is anymore? 
Probably not. Like success is there. Like the team has even a modicum of success. Like even a, just a, like they beat Mariano Rivera in a, in a game in a way that he's never been beaten before in 16 years as a closer, 18 years in the major leagues. That had never happened. He never failed to record an out in a save situation. And they beat him on nine pitches. And still finding things wrong with the game or finding things wrong with the team or finding things wrong, like just for a night. Yeah. I don't think they know how anymore. And I think a lot of them would rather be right about saying how bad they are then be wrong, and the team or the team proves them wrong and wins that's or right. succeeds. Yeah, they would rather right. be right about that. I think they would rather see, and I know you don't like him, but it, just as an example, I think they would rather see Justin Turner go over his next 52 and every plate appearance than be successful. I really do. So they could be proven right that he stinks. You know, no, I know you. I know you don't like him, but you certainly are rooting for him when he gets up. I mean, if he is going to play, you want him to do well. Well, I tell you, if he makes it out, it doesn't kill me. No, but you want him to do well, though, Cal. He comes yeah, up in no, a big spot. I, you want him to do well. Yes, like I'm, there, there because are, I there want are Mets the, fans that are pleased when he fails. But see, the difference—the difference is with us. And, and correct me if I'm wrong about how you feel. You root for the team first. So if somebody, so if Ruben Tejada comes up in a huge spot, you don't like the guy. You want him to get a big hit for the team. Of course, he's part of the team. Absolutely. Right? When I don't he like fails, Galveston. right? I want him, but I want him to succeed when he's up. When he fails in that situation, I'm not thinking. Well, I'm right. I can't wait to tweet about how right I am. I'm thinking, damn it. You know, second and third, one out, hit a fly ball. You hit 30 other fly balls. <laughs> that's 2013, I, I, that, Steve. That's right. today. That's the way it is. That's the mentality, though. I think I you're absolutely right, Brian. I think Met fans, and, and to a large extent, Jet fans, too. We can talk about this now. Like, Jet fans want to see Sanchez fail. They don't care if if Sanchez does win this starting job, I, there are Jet fans that want them to go zero and sixteen. Absolutely, they would rather you know, see the team. They would rather see him go, uh, you know, five for twenty-two with three interceptions and lose the game, just so they can be right about Mark Sanchez. Is that the reason? Absolutely. Or, or do they feel that if he does bad enough, he'll be gone, and we want him out of here? It, it's past that. Really? Past that, past, they, they have the, the, so many Jet fans have the same thing as Mets fans. They'd rather be right than happy. That's because many Mets fans are Jet. They they're the same right. fan. Right. You know. I have a Yankee question for you. After watching most of these four games, you know somebody resembling me, uh, somebody who plays me on TV. Peter Deloise. Peter <laughs> said that uh, you know when they were 11, 12 games over beware the 2009 Mets for example and you said and you were right you said the big difference there is the Mets got hurt 
when they were 27, 28, and 21, they were eight, nine games over. They got hurt, whereas the Yankees are going to get healthy. Um, and, and there's a big difference between that 09 team that faced a ton of injuries for the Mets and this team with the Yankees that faced a ton of injuries. However, um, yeah, slow down with the World Series parade because you, you did say that, and and only because and and look, Mark Teixeira is going to be back, Euclid is going to be back, most likely tomorrow night, and they need them desperately because that is not a good lineup. Okay, Reed Brignac and you know Chris Stewart, and I mean this is not, I mean of course he's still going to be catching the rest of the year, but. And David Adams. Oh, yeah, David Adams, Augustus Romine. Augustus Romaine Lettuce. Oh, August Romaine. August Romaine, okay. It's a big time catcher. All right, they don't know if he can hit, he can catch. Um did you see uh Jesus Montero got sent down? Yeah. Yeah, the greatest catching prospect in the history of, of baseball, by the way. And 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 uh, Michael Pineda is on his way back. Yes. Got a big arm. That was uh, Francesca this week. Got a huge arm. Huge arm, Pineda. Yeah, we'd like to see it. It's been a year and a half. Um, But I I just... This weekend is an interesting series for the Yankees, to me. They just lost four games to the Mets. They've lost five straight. This is a huge series against the Red Sox. They get to share back, but to share was Do they get the do they get the typical April mark to share back? Right. It takes them a month and a half to hit the ball. I mean you could argue that Lyle Overbay was better than Mark DeShera would be in April and May. You had a lot of people that were arguing that this week that were are, right. are upset to see Tashera come back. Right. Well that's crazy talk. But still I know. Those, but Overbay, guys, Overbay has acquitted himself well. Right. Those guys are always going to play to their mean, though. I mean, they, even Vernon, like Vernon Wells, I loved. I wanted the Mets to go, and monetarily they would never do it. I wanted the Mets to go get Vernon Wells for that outfield. I would much rather have Vernon Wells right now playing right field than Lucas Duda. I mean, uh, than uh, Marlon Byrd, even though he hit a two-run home run tonight. You can pretty much DFA Marlon Byrd after this series, right? Like, we can pretty much... We got everything we're gonna get. Like that's 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 he hit two home runs at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, we're we're good, right? We got set. more than I thought we'd get. Yeah. yeah, we're all set with Marlon Bird. Thanks. Thanks, thanks, Marlon. He looks like a positive clubhouse guy. That's they were talking about that today. He apparently is very good in clubhouse. He's a yeah. nice veteran presence. One of the guys that took Valdespin aside. Tried to, you know, talk to him after he got plunked by the Pirates. Um, So, this Yankee team, you know, Kuroda was magnificent the other night. He's been fantastic. Uh, They get Pettit back on Monday. Um, You know, I still think that, you know, Phil Hughes was very, very good the other night. I still think that, um, you know, their rotation will keep them around, but but they got a hit. They got a hit. And yeah. no, no Granderson for another four or six weeks is bad. I, you know what? Look, I'm the farthest thing from a Yankee fan, but I feel bad for the guy that he worked his way back and then got hit again. I do. That's, and awful. He's a That's free awful. Yeah, he's a free agent in a contract year. Yeah, I know. I know. And this is an awful time to get hit by two pitches. Mm. 
So I, I was just, it was very interesting to me to see this team that, you know, everybody was uh, celebrating as, oh, look at these, look at the, oh, would it be great if the Mets had signed over Bay? You know, Sandy, you, you could take a page out of Cashman's book. Well, you can't. He can't actually, because he can't pay Vernon Wells $12 million this year. Is that a gold-plated book that he's working with? <laughs> right, exactly. That's are working you, with you know, a like pamphlet. He, right, you can't. And what were they going to bring Lyle Overbay in because they knew Ike Davis was going to hit 145? I mean, just stop. Stop. But uh, very interesting. Now, two two more things, quick. I just did a, like a rocky thing. Um, watching the game the other night with you, not really in person, magnificent, 2013. And th- yep. this got me, this got me thinking, Bri, about like moving forward, watching sports. It's just like a whole different experience now. So just to set this up, the Met. The Met game on Tuesday night, Matt Harvey pitching. So we're gonna watch. I you know, the 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 kids in bed early, the wife's in bed early, and it was rain delayed. There's my break. It was a right, ninety minute late. it was a ninety minute rain delay. And so I'm actually gonna get to watch the first pitch. And I text you, Are you watching? Yes I am. And Kevin, our buddy K-Mac, huge Met fan, refuses to go to the stadium. His boycott is still in place. As long as the Wilpons on the team, he will not go to a game. But watching, of course, as he said, I'm a sucker. They draw me back in. So now I've got the iPad in front of me. I've got message rooms going with you and – or I've got, you know, messages going back and forth with you and Kevin – we're watching the game. And it's like we're sitting in the room together. It was fantastic. It's how we watch the football games a lot now, too. The a little. A little. I think that's going to take a step up this year. That was my other point. Okay. Because of the iPad. Right, because it's a lot easier to, to type. A lot easier to type. Yeah. And we'll have like but a yeah. chat room, and it'll be you know me, you, uh, Scott, Evan, Dan. We can all be in one IM, you know, uh, iMessage room, just chatting back and forth, right? While we're watching the game, but watching that, but it's specific to baseball. What I'm talking about right now, in yeah. that you know baseball, the the pastoral game that's slow and nice and relaxed, and there's nothing. To me, there's nothing better than going to a baseball game with a friend, you know, or with my uncle, or with even Teresa. Like, I love going to a game with Teresa. I just love going to a game, and then when you go with somebody that you enjoy their company, it's so relaxed. Yes. And you can catch up on life, and you can catch up on what's going on, and you can watch the ball game and be into it, and then... By the seventh inning, it's a tight game, and you're all on the edge of your seat, and you're watching the game, and it's great. And, you know, now the game is the focus. You know, the first four innings, you're catching up on how the kids are or whatever. 
I actually had that experience sitting on my couch. But the other the other great thing about baseball specifically is it lends itself to the discussions about strategy. You know, there's not a lot of – of course there's strategy in every other sport, but specifically in baseball, because of the pauses between pitches and the delays Absolutely. and, Absolutely. you know, you, here comes the next – what are we going to talk – you know, you try talking about what's, what's going to throw here, you know, I, I, I would move the infield back, or you know, something like that. You know, the only pressure in that is that you're trying to type it out before the pitch happens. That's right. Now, see, I catch a break because everybody's in bed. And I do talk to text. All right. And that's it. And so now everybody's in bed. I'm I'm watching the game. I'm by myself, and I just do talk to text. And it's like you're talking with, with us. So, right. And not only that, I can watch the game. I'm not even looking down at a keypad. Oh yeah. You know. So the talk to text has changed everything about this equation for me as well. And just it's just so great. And you know the other great thing is like like the other night we wound up talking about the Mets lineup and this guy and the farm system and all of this is while the game's going on because it is mm-hmm. so relaxed. And then of course once it gets to the ninth inning and they and they somehow come back against Mariano Rivera and we've spent eight innings just bashing them <laughs> like. like can't I went red back. Going to get his first loss this way, right? I went and read back, and then Tahada gets picked off second base, and you know that was like fourteen pages of text back and forth to each other. <laughs> yeah, like I went and read back, and it was it was just it was we were beside ourselves, and then, then all we texted that was great, like all we texted back and forth with Rivera was, you said you texted, how about a bloop and a blast. Come on, I got now. it right how here. About a, how about a bloop and a blast? Go ahead. Can you read it back? Can you read back yeah, the here we, Yeah. So here's the uh, here's the start the of the here's the start of the bottom of the ninth inning. Mariano Rivera in in a two one ball game, right? All right. Yeah. So so I uh, so I, I send you. How about a bloop and a blast? And then Murphy gets hits the double down the line. And right. Text, and it was the, the bloop. There's the bloop. That's what I said. And then. Yeah, you you went with there's the bloop, and then David Wright comes up with Murphy at second base, and I say bunt. Right, the sound baseball move. <laughs> right, he's joking, folks. He was joking. So then you respond with, if he gets a strike here, I will be shocked. Right, and then the next, I was I was thinking the, they were gonna, I, I was thinking they were going to pitch around him. So then he gets to hit up the middle to tie right. the game, and that follows with. Looky here. <laughs> well, well, well. <laughs> and then... Uh, that was all we could say. That was all we could say. Because now we're watching the game. We're super intense on it now. We don't want right. to jinx it. I was, I, I was in a lucky position. I didn't want to move to type. Yep. You know, I had the, the left arm down. I had my leg crossed. And I had a, a glass of wine in my right hand. And I didn't want to move. And so now, and of course we don't want to jinx anything. Maybe we say something. Maybe we jinx the inning. Oh. So all we, and we say, both, and, we, and we both know, but we don't acknowledge it. <laughs> That's right. So we both. So you write looky here, and I write well, well, well. Right, and then I respond with keep pumping your fist, Stewart. Right, right, because Chris Stewart was acting like a little eager. Which is ridiculous. And then my next, and then my next 
message is problem now is nobody else can hit. (laughs) (laughs) And Duda comes up. Lucas Duda comes up and gets the base hit that wins the game. uh, And drives in David Wright from second base. And I think I wrote... Well, first, first, after I say problem now is nobody else can hit, and then you give me the LOL. Right. Duda gets the hit to win the game, and then I message you just, um... <laughs> right. <laughs> and you're like, you're like, hey, now. <laughs> and there it is. There it is. That's, that's the, that was the exchange that went back and forth. That's the, that's the wonderful thing. We got we got to that point. We watched the whole game together, basically. Oh, and I, yeah, I've got I've got you know pages and pages of of the right. transcript, which is funny when you go back and look at it in right. hindsight. Right. You know, just going back and forth, and then we get to that moment, and and it's just well, 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 well. Here we are. I think McWalters and I, uh, it's a similar transcript. You know, like I think he went to bed. You know, before the ninth, I think he went to. I think he his last text to me was going to bed, praying for a win. Bum, they didn't do it for Harvey or something like that. And then after Judah got the hit, I just texted. Uh, I think I texted him. Uh, you're gonna be. You're gonna wake up a happy guy tomorrow. But he didn't go to sleep, and so I got a text back like 15 minutes later saying, "I didn't go to sleep. Mets win or something like that." Yeah, it was good. Anyway. I I I thoroughly enjoyed that. I I think that fun. And I it started, you know, it got me thinking about how we were watching the Islander games or whatever, like we couldn't watch them live. But once we all got caught up like me, you and Scott the Islander fan, my brother, were all like in a chat room going back and forth and say, you know, like it's a fun way of doing it because look, we all have our lives, we can't be together. You know, we can't watch games and stuff like that anymore. Like, we can't, you know, go to a bar and watch a game. This is pretty close. Yeah, you can do this as long as you've gotten everything else taken care of in, in <laughs> right. your regular life, right? You have you have that awesome confluence of events where everything just works out. <laughs> and but you get the, like you get you, the sun. Well, like you said, the, the baseball games are great because they go, you know, they run late and usually you've got everybody in bed. Right. So now you're on your you're on your time. Now this is your time to do whatever, watch a game, you know, go on the internet, do whatever you're going to do. But now with this technology, you could do it with with your buddy. That's and right. Like why well, he's like watching the game together. It's like watching the game. This is our time, Goonies. Our, this is our time down here. And that all ends once we ride up Troy's bucket. I always thought that was a good band name, Troy's, Troy's bucket. bucket. Yeah. Or Goonies. No. Worst worst band name ever. Um, okay, I have, I have one more thing. We didn't talk about Tortorella, but Tor- I well here's 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 my thing. Just real quick. Yes. Are are you happy now, media? Everybody happy? Everybody good? Because look, the guy's a jerk. Right, he's a he's a jerk with the media. He's he's ornery. He's he's uh, disrespectful. Blah 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 blah. The guy took the team to the conference finals last year, won a playoff round this year. He's won a Stanley Cup. I I know that the players got him fired. I know that the players weren't 
going to play for him anymore in the exit interviews. I know about all this. And I know the minute that Lundquist said, oh, it's been great playing here, that Glenn Sather was going to panic and fire him. But Cal, this was, to me, Tortorella is the closest thing to Rex Ryan uh, in in this town, right, as like a manager. The only difference is he's won. But, um, and the Larry Brookses of the world, and I think they got him, I think they are rejoicing in his firing, and I don't think that's fair. I really don't. I I talked to a lot of Ranger fans that wanted him fired. Oh, they they all did. But I I think that perception, the, how he handled the media, was part of it, and it shouldn't have been. The guy's a good coach. Guy's a very good coach. He's a little old school, and he but he holds players accountable. Cal, I I I tell you what, you know I'm no Capuano fan. I like Jack. I think he did a good job. I think if if Jack Capuano had not had the renaissance that he had this year. And and the great second half, I would be all for hiring John Tortorella. I would have no problem with it. I think I think you would like that for about seven minutes, and you would grow tired of his act, just like everybody else grew tired of his I don't, act. I, but what what did what did they grow tired of? Him being oh. a jerk to the, him him being a jerk to the media. So what? Yeah, but you, yeah, but you they know what? Stupid it, questions. But by all accounts, he was a jerk to his players too. That's the problem. Who cares what he does to the media? Because we're no fans of the media, believe me. But when you go out, when you go up to a podium and you say that one of your players stinks. On the power play. Well, it says stay. I mean, you can't say that. Well, he did. You can't say that. Well, of course he did. But you can't say that and expect that guy to be like, oh, well, you know, you're right. You're holding me accountable. Called me out in front of the entire world. You can't. Right. You can't do that. You might have been able to do that twenty years ago, thirty years ago. You can't do that today. You got to have point. your finger right. You got to know the personality of the players today. You can't do it. I just, he was a jerk. So oh, what? He was. But so oh, what? Oh, he just was such a jerk. I was. I, you know. I I agree, Cal. I just I, to me, it's so what. So what? I'm not a. I is, he a is he a, is he a good coach? He is. He is a good coach, but he is way too stubborn for his own good, and that prevents him from being a great coach. Okay. Do you think right? he'll change? Do you think he'll change from this experience? Because, because we've seen Tom Coughlin change, I feel like I feel like that possibility is there for anybody. Let me ask you a question: Is Mike Keenan a jerk? Yeah, probably. Right, but they would hire Mike Keenan. But Ranger fans were screaming today for Mike Keenan back. He's the same jerk. He's the same arrogant jerk. He, he benched Brian Leach in a playoff series. Brian Leach. He benched in a playoff series. Yeah. Same jerk just 20 years ago. That's all. But it was a and, – and he stayed for one year and then he was gone. That's the other difference. Wait, That's he won a cup. Act, 
But that is an act that wears very thin. So he, he was only Rangers played, coach for one year. Well, he won 1994. He won the cup and then he left. He went to the Blues. No, no. Look it up. <laughs> Look it up. Look. 1990, the 1993-94 season. Mike Keenan was the Rangers' head coach. He won That's the it. cup one year. You're right. And then he went to the Blues. He was with the uh, the Flyers, the Blackhawks, mm-hmm. Rangers for one year. You're absolutely right. I, I, I stand corrected. But that's my point is that that's, his act wears <laughs> just as thin as Tortorella's act jerk. wears. Still a jerk. Yes, but if he, if you have him – Tortorella was a jerk four years ago when the, when the Rangers hired him. But his act so didn't wear so it. So if they went to the Stanley Cup last year, right? So if they'd gotten past the Devils and went to the Stanley Cup, is his act less jerky? No, no, because it, because it's been four years now of it. I see. It's a, it's it's a okay. very. No, no, I'll, I'll buy it. I'll buy it. You know, you bring the I guy in. I'm, I think he's a very good coach. I'm trying to think of an example. Ugh. I'm trying to think and of I, an example. Like well, don't, in another you know, sport. Don't, don't get all Todd McShay exasperated on me. Oh, <sighs> uh, here's the thing about Sheldon Richardson. I mean, uh, uh, you know, make me do this. Uh, you know, you know, we do these mock drafts, and oh god, oh god, I just, I am exhausted by the entire drafting process. Fuck Sheldon. Uh, Buck nope. Showalter is a guy whose act okay. wears thin. Okay. And he's got to move on after a couple of years. Otherwise, and he, he, hasn't, a... he hasn't won. He hasn't won a World Series. But nobody. But these are guys that are not going to be lifers with any team. Just can't be. Right. So his so his time ran out. Right. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Now, we have one more point, but I'm going to save it to next week. Because it's a good one. Okay. It's one right. I want to I spend some time on. Are you going to tease it or no? I am going to tease it, and I'll tell you a little. I'll tell you a little why, because um, we have for three and a half years on this show talked a lot about, especially in the last two years since uh, Steven Strasburg and Bryce Harper and Mike Trout and uh, you know even players and others with Sidney Crosby and you know just when do we as Met Jet Islander you could throw the Knicks in there. But Met Jet Islander fans get ours. Where's ours? Where's our phenom? Where's our where's our best young player in the game? And we got one. We did a whole show on him. Or most of a whole show on John Tavares. And we have one. We have one for the New York Islanders. John Tavares, at 22 years old, is one of the uh, up and coming great players in the game, and you know, there's uh, hopefully that trajectory keeps going, and we're ecstatic to have him. Well, um, while we weren't looking, we sort of got another one, and in, it's funny in, because in, in the dark night of Gotham. Well, what's funny about that is that while we were waiting for the other guy to be that one, 
yeah. than Zach Wheeler because that's all we know. heard when we made the trade. I don't know if we we always we were always led to believe that Wheeler was better than Harvey. Is that true? Yes. I well, don't that's know. Well, that's what I was that's what I was led to believe. I think I was led to believe, and this may still bear out, that Wheeler has the better stuff. Wheeler has the Strasburg stuff. He has the much easier delivery. He has the 98-mile-an-hour fastball in the seventh inning after he's thrown 100 pitches. He has the breaking pitch. Wheeler has the Strasburg stuff. Harvey has just a shade less, but the better mental makeup than both of them. So I don't... It's not a surprise to me. I'm I'm surprised that he's been this good. Yeah, I... Yes, that, that's not what I meant. What I meant was, I'm surprised that he's been this good, and yet, it's not out of nowhere. Like, I... I, I I had hopes that he could be this good. There were realistic right. that's the, that's the best way to put it. I had realistic hopes he could be this good. I didn't expect it. I see now whereas I didn't even have hopes that he could be this good. No, I never I, had, I, never... I, I thought I had a, a realistic hope that he could be this good. That he could be he could be a Roy Holiday type ace. And I always thought he was going to be a really good number 2 guy behind whoever the ace was going to be. Well, and Wheeler still could be. We don't know. No, I don't know. But I'm just... And but while just, we were looking... It's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting that we have different takes on it. Well, but the other different, the other huge difference, Cal, is that the Mets stink. The Islanders now have built themselves into a team with one of the best players in hockey that they drafted number one overall and that has actually panned out to be a magnificent player. And right. a Fina, and one of the best in the game. The Mets didn't take Matt Harvey number one. He wasn't Steven Strasburg. He wasn't taking number one. I mean, he was taking the first round, but he wasn't taking number one overall. He wasn't this guy. You know, he wasn't... He was just supposed to be a very good pitcher. And the Mets still stink. You know, like... We sort of got our confirmation about Matt, uh, about John Tavares last year when he played in the All-Star game in the NHL and like held his own and started to become a star and stuff. And then this year, they got good and made the playoffs, even though it was the eighth seed, but they made the playoffs, made some noise in the first round. Like, it's happening. From a team aspect with Tavares, there's, uh, the Mets are so far away. Right. Still, from being a competitive team, and Harvey is this good already, right? So that's like a big difference. But so that's, that's, we talk, that's, that's we talked about. Surprise. It is a surprise. It is like while we weren't looking, we got one. Well, here's here's a good one for you. Try this one on for size. All right, sir. Uh, did we did we have one? In Darrell Revis. I think it's different in football. I think it's got to be a quarterback or that's it. Okay. Because, I mean, he was, you could argue he was a phenom. 
and he was. I think it's. I think it's different in football. That's a great question, Cal. I think it's different in football. Like and, and, he, he's and, not. He's not Andrew Luck. He's not RG three. Like we still don't have him in football. I don't think we did. Right. I think well, we had. But are we? I think we had one of the best defensive players in the game. Certainly. But we didn't have. Look, he can't play quarterback. It's the same reason why you don't pay him sixty million dollars a year. He's not Andrew Luck. He doesn't turn a franchise around. I think it's got to be a quarterback. Maybe, no, that's, maybe a maybe like a running back or a wide receiver. Maybe, maybe. Could it? Could it be like? A dynamic pass rushing outside linebacker. Gotta got be LT. Better be LT. That's it, though, right? Yeah, it better be LT. To Ooh. me, like it, it's the, like the guy you take first overall who turns a franchise around and is immediately one of the best at his position. That's who it's got to be, and that's typically a quarterback. It's, yeah, it's, it's typically a quarterback. Right. It's. It's Peyton Manning, or it's it's Andrew Luck, it's RG three, it's this guy that like wow, they got one. And, we don't have one. And the thing with Revis is, I don't think anybody ever really took him for granted. I think we're gonna feel him not being here this year, and we're gonna miss him. But I don't think we're gonna kind of long for. Oh, I really wish we we appreciated him when he was here. I think every, he got the due that he deserved. Absolutely did. Absolutely. Did. Right. I mean, I, I've said it before. 2009 was the best season, uh, you know, from going to games since I was, you know, 15 or whatever, that I've ever seen a player have in person in football. I mean, he was that ridiculous. And you're talking any you know, player, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. And I'm a Jets fan. So, you know, my options on offense are limited. I saw Curtis Martin have some magnificent years. I saw, you know, the 98 team had a very good offense. I mean, Vinny was, what, like 26-4 and four that year. And, you know, Keyshawn Johnson had 1,300 yards receiving and seven or nine touchdowns. All that. Never saw a player on either side of the ball in person be as dominant as Revis was that year. I mean, he just – I you watched a cornerback every play. Every play. And I didn't have, you know, I didn't get to see the sack exchange. Like, I didn't get to see Gastineau and have the tickets yet. Right. You know, Gastineau with 22 sacks or whatever, like, that's a ridiculously dominant year. I'm just talking about, like, in person, all those years I had the tickets and all those games I went to, never saw somebody have a season like that. I mean, he was just, you watched him. You watched a corner every play. Right. to To see what he was doing. And he was matched up against Andre Johnson or, you know, uh, Ochocinco or whatever. Like, it was almost like every week he had Randy Moss twice. You know, every week he had a different ridiculous receiver that he was just shutting down. Right. So, but, again, he's not, he's not that guy you drafted first overall and he turns your franchise around. And Matt Harvey... Matt Harvey. Let's bring PJ. Is PJ still here? Is he still here? I'm willing uh, to bet that he is. I'm hoping he's still here. They had brownouts in his neighborhood. 
I don't I don't know. Boy, it's gotten hot, huh? The lights yes. are on in the panic room, so don't worry. <laughs> nice. Is Jodie Foster there? Or? I have a stack of Jodie Foster films. In the panic room. Yes, I'm watching Nell. Don't all panic rooms come with that? Yes, <laughs> they do. Now they do. Now they do. Now they hand crank VCR. Do you? <laughs> a bunch of videotape. Do they make those? They do. And I want a hand crank VCR. <laughs> PJ, have you been watching Arrested Development? Uh, the first two. You watched the first two. So you're two in. I'm three in. Cal, you're five in? Yeah, I got to go back and watch five. So You're like four and a half. I say I'm four in. Yeah. Uh, PJ, without obviously without spoilers, uh, thoughts? Right. I can't believe they killed... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's, <right. laughs> That's my favorite spoiler alert. <laughs> Everybody hates DJ now. Yes. Bruce Willis is dead, guys. <laughs> well, we we make fun of my mother because um when Braveheart came out, we had just heard, "Oh, you got to see Braveheart. It's a great movie." Uh not really knowing anything about it. And my parents went to opening night. They came back and I said, "How'd you like Braveheart?" My mother just said, "I don't like the way they, the way he died." <laughs> I'm like, what? Oh. Then she went inside. Right. So now we just I, say that to everything, no matter what comes out. I don't like the way he died. I don't like the way he died. Well then, you just saved me thirteen fifty. Thanks very much. Thank you. <laughs> I, uh, what do you think? I'm enjoying it. I, I, I reserve a long-term judgment until I've seen it all. Right. I think the pacing's a little different. Very different. Um, slightly longer format means slightly longer bits. I have um, one problem three episodes in, and I wanted to get your guys' take on this. We've talked about it a little bit, Cal. It seems, uh, obviously it was going to be expository. Obviously there was going to be like, you know, a a ton of that. I was talking to uh, Dr. E. Ray Stad about this tonight. I feel like he tried too hard to make it accessible to people who have never watched the show. And I'm not sure that I needed or I need all seven years of what every one of these characters has been doing. And it feels a little too introdu- like too introductory. Like if you were going to do this, just do it for the hardcore fans. They're going to be there. Mhm. I don't know. You, yeah, you wouldn't do it to to hopefully introduce people to arrested development in season 4. Right, that's what, right. That's, I mean, that's if, what if they've got like. Netflix, then they've got access to the first three seasons. Exactly. Mm. Easy, easy access. Like, easy access. Like, you could watch all three seasons in, like, two weeks. 
Easily. Almost you, you a click of a button. You would yeah, think. like you got them on your iPhone, you got them on your iPad, you got them on Apple TV, like easily. Cal? I think I agree with that. Um, I'm, a, I'm a little ahead, so I have the benefit of, of seeing an extra episode that you haven't seen where I don't get that feeling. Okay, so that feeling maybe goes away a little bit as you get I, further I, along? Well, uh, uh, let me put it, uh, without giving away too much, each episode is pretty much another character story. Right. Okay. But in some cases, they double up on the characters. Because there are, you know, there's 15 episodes. There aren't 15 characters, so they have to do multiple episodes for a different character. And I would say, I would say the ne- after the first time they do a character, the next time, you, it's a lot, there's a lot less of that. Right. Yeah. Because there's a lot less they have to explain. Right. Right. And 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 then and then it flows much more like a classic Arrested Development episode. Okay. I'm you know, super. E- I, I'm super easy to please. Like I'm just happy to live in their it, world again. I I didn't like that by eight o'clock in the morning, when it when it came out, there there was already you know this sucks, this is yeah. not the same. This is you know, shut up. To well, be I, expected. I, my well. my first my first thought was not not that it was not that it sucked, but if the first episode <laughs> the first episode after I watched it, it was it was it was an uncomfortable episode, not that it wasn't funny, it was because it was still extremely funny and clever and everything, but it just you had to get used to the new world totally of Arrested Development. So it was a little weird after the first one, but then you still yeah. you slowly get back into it. Yeah, yeah, and it was, that, it was I, a little bit of a culture shock <laughs> to see the characters again and not have it be exactly the same vibe. Right. And also and also you've seen them in so much since then. Like when the show was on the air initially, you had, you know, Will Arnett who knew who he was and you know Jason Bateman hadn't been on TV in 10 years and Portia de Rossi who knew who she was and you knew who Dave Cross was from Mr. Show but you expected nothing, but uh, like, who knew who the you know Jeffrey Tambor was like a classic that guy. You know, like me, all uh, these all these people you've seen in so much since then, so much. I can compare it to something else. Um, An analogy. The Seinfeld, the Seinfeld reunion season of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Right. Where that's great. You know, there was the Seinfeld cast, and. But they weren't being a hundred percent Seinfeld. It right. had a it had a different flavor. Yep, that's it, it a good was call. More full on Larry David, you know, than than it was Jerry. Yep. But you you just loved it when they walked into that apartment. You were like, oh, we're here again. Right. And 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 then you just had to kind of let it happen in this slightly different way, and then. You pick it up and you go with it, and and you, you start to love it because it's still all real good. Totally agree. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to. And now, you know, of course, so many things I've read 
tell me that like episode seven, episode nine, like I had a buddy at work tell me that at least five of the fifteen are as good as anything from the first three seasons. Like are as as good as anything on the first. So, you know, if I get five out of fifteen that are as good and then little bits and pieces in the other ones, I'm I'm good. I'm good. But how much of an Arrested Development episode did you really appreciate upon first viewing? And then think about oh, what you get out of them on the second and third. Totally. But that also changes the way you watch this group of them. Because now you're watching with... You, you know how the show is. So you're mm. looking for stuff now that you wouldn't have been looking for the first time around. Mm. But I got to say, like I, I watched the first episode twice. Like, I watched it at 5.45 in the morning because uh, I got up to go to the bathroom and I'm like, you know what? I'm popping it on. <laughs> and then I, you know, but I was sort of groggy and, and like, wow, okay. And then I watched it again in earnest with Teresa and watching it the second time, I liked it much better. Mm-hmm. I liked the first episode much better watching it the second time because I caught more stuff and because it wasn't, I was back in the world. I was back in that world. I was. It was more comfortable. Now, was Ali a Shawcat um, notified that they were shooting that day, <laughs> or was was that look intentional? I. Uh, she really did look like she stumbled onto a reunion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was like, "Oh, you're shoot. Wait, you're shooting? Today? Oh, okay. Hey, that's cool. Yeah, I'll just. Yeah, I'm I'll here. Wear, Let's do it. I'll, I'll wear what I have on." Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, t- I totally agree. And uh, we'll, we'll, once these episodes are out for a while, you know, once there's a good three, four months out there, you know, like probably towards the end of the summer, maybe when we come back from baby leave. Um, wait, what? W- wait, what now? Wait, what'd you say? Did you just... I'm going to have to take a couple weeks off, guys. No, I know, but I didn't. I didn't know we were. I didn't know that was out there. That that the oh, summer yeah. hiatus was I, coming. I drop, I'm I'm dropping it, dropping it. At, at, wow. at, at three minutes left in the show, live. Breaking really news. Jump, jumping the shark here. We're adding another kid. <laughs> if only I had breaking news music. To <laughs> uh, announcement. Page. <laughs> I if didn't know there was a producer that could punch up <laughs> some sort of news bulletin bumper. I did not uh, follow the sitcom protocol, though. I'm having a boy. So I didn't, you know, I mean, for ratings, I really should have had a girl. Yeah, but as, as long as the day that this happens is just hectic and all hell breaks loose... <laughs> And you're running around, you know, with a pot of hot water and towels and all <laughs> that matters. We're stranded on, on the cyclone at Coney Island. Some, for some reason, we decided... It'd be better if you had twins, because then we can give them screen time. <laughs> Whatever you do, make sure that you burst out of the house with your bag and leave your pregnant wife behind. Ah, that'll just... And, and then remember, oh, you got to go back and get her. It works every time. It could be she could go into labor while she's singing live on a telethon. 
That's that's never been done. Oh wait, what's that? I'm sorry. What? Don't don't take an elevator or a taxi. That has been done. <laughs> Definitely don't take a taxi driven by John Travolta. Right. Or if you can avoid well, that. That's just solid advice. Anyway. <laughs> that's, that's just good solid <laughs> advice. You know, for where life. To? Where to? <laughs> oh my like gosh, where? you're pregnant! Like you, you're so pregnant so in the back seat. It's like so weird. We're totally going to the hospital <laughs> over here. All right, we got about 15 seconds left. Once again, this episode was brought to you by Blue Haven. Go to www.bluehavennyc.com and also rtusports.com to get all the episodes and download the podcast on iTunes, please. It's like so weird. You're like pregnant in the back seat, Kirstie Alley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how about that movie? Anyone? Anybody? Look who's talking. Uh, Anybody? Oh, man. And look Quality. who's talking also. Look who's talking now, too. If the baby T-O-O. comes early. <laughs> T-O-O. If the baby comes early and it's a preemie, is it spelled P-R-I-X-M-I-X-P? It's a, it's a, a pricks mix. That's what it is. Oh, I'm totally, I'm totally telling Teresa you said that. <laughs> she never liked me anyway. No, she never cared for you. Now she's really got a reason. <laughs> is it spelled P R E X M E I X? A preemie. <laughs> oh boy! I tell Don't you panic what. if the lights go out. Right. And the baby it's gonna be a long explanation on if the you think spot about in it. the dark. Right, maybe we get a brownout over here, and we have no right. power. With, a, like, a wacky, uh, you know, store owner. I'll boil the water! <laughs> I don't know why Don Knotts is there, but he clearly is. <laughs> oh, we, have to get an over, we have to get an overweight policeman to come in and deliver the baby. <laughs> why are there so many ostriches? Uh, the kid that was shoplifting five minutes ago is actually now helping to deliver the baby. That's right. Oh, yep. he's not all bad. Nah. Oh, no. <laughs> I is he gonna, is he, is he going to live with us, too? We all did. We're taking him in, right? No doubt. Well, no, I think he just named the kid after him. <laughs> That's it. Renfro. I think we'll name him Renfro, and the whole crowd goes, aww. Aww. And then you're looking for Ren, all of a sudden, well, hey, where did he go? And he's gone. Like, you never see him again. Like, he was never even there. But his namesake lives on forever. You didn't grow up on the streets like I did. I'm I'm helping you bring this baby into this world, because nobody helped me. Rocket delivering babies. Rock. Charles is done. Oh boy. It's gotta be it's gotta be him. We got it. Can we get him? We could probably get him. Who the Rock? No, not not Dwayne Johnson. Charles oh. S. Dutton. Charles S. Dutton's favorite my, my favorite Charles S. Dutton is definitely in Rudy. And it's definitely when he's reading down the list of things that Rudy sucks at. 
<laughs> like we always like we we always we always thought it would be great if like that scene kept going. Like at some point Sean asked like, Okay, we got it. I think we're good here. You five foot nothing, a hundred and nothing. You haven't got a speck of athletic ability. You smell bad. You're not good looking at all. You're very short. You got hairy ears. Your breath is okay. I think we. <laughs> I think we I think we got what we need here. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and cut on the scene. I think. I think we got it. Your wardrobe is unfortunate. <laughs> wait, wait! I have more, Rudy. And what a dope nickname. Said. Yeah, that's the director. That's exactly right. That's what we used to say. We'd say on the director's cut. Like, Carl says, Dutton just keeps going. <laughs> I've heard you're not well endowed. <laughs> Small peni. <laughs> Women always unsatisfied. <laughs> did I mention you don't have a speck of athletic ability? Yes, you, got, you did. You got that one in there. Because you don't. Not a speck. Okay, you throw I, like a girl. You throw like a girl, and not a good one. Not a girl who's good at sports, because there are a few. Okay, I think Rock. I think we're good here. It'd be great if he calls him Rock. <laughs> before Rock existed. Right before the show existed. Hey Rock, I think we're. I think we're all set here. Okay. Weren't you the cop in Die Hard? What are we doing here? <laughs> no, no, that's... I know it's Reginald Vell Johnson. I know. Calm down. That's Carl Winslow. That is Carl Go Winslow. Down. Did I do that? Okay, guys, I gotta end, end this episode. I'm exhausted. Somebody I can't... played ball tonight. Somebody. Can I, can, I tease, can I tease the fun load for next time then? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> We missed it. <laughs> we missed it. <laughs> Go on. Oh, all right. Oh, oh you mean now? <laughs> oh, oh, now. Okay. <laughs> right. The timing. Uh, numerous topics. We have um, what's wrong with your daughter's little friends. That's going to be a private conversation between me and Cal. You can just go get coffee while we're talking about that. What's wrong um, with the little a lot. See, he's ready. I could already tell. Uh, that what, game's, what I, 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 I just want to moderate that one. I'll, I'll just moderate. You may have to. You may have to. Yeah. You may have to talk us both down, actually. Right. Saying something. Who is, who is your friend even talking to? There's nobody standing there. <laughs> There's no one standing around, and she's, she's still talking. I don't understand Why? this. What, what's What's up with this one? Right. And the that's hair. What that's what we're calling that game. What's up with this she, one? She ate the whole box of crackers? Who does that? Who comes to somebody's house and eats a whole box of crackers? Who is this kid? Doesn't her mother feed her? Why does she yeah. have a snail in a Chinese food container? That's, you, you know that's not you know that's not normal, right? That she's doing that. 
Why do you now you have a snail? What is what is no, that? <laughs> Why does she have a snail? Why did okay. she take the toilet po the the, the the toilet paper off the roll? Why? <laughs> it's on the floor. Why is the toilet paper roll on the floor? Who does this? Who are these where are you meeting these children? Who 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 goes into somebody's house and, and takes the toilet paper off the roll? That's right. Who does this is that? odd. Okay, it's so I'm looking, I'm looking Have forward to that Have you met her parents? <laughs> I'm looking forward to that game. That's going to be good. Okay. Uh, we're also going to play um, uh, do, do You Know How to Make Home Movies uh, with Your Children in Them. Okay. And, and, and what's the most expensive thing you've ever bought? Oh. I love all of these. Thank you. <laughs> I once bought a snail in a Chinese Chinese food container. She knows they're not pets, right? Like you're, she she does, right? I, I mean, she named him Shelly. That's just so <laughs> cliche. <laughs> PJ, final unload. Um, there's a new Pizza Hut perfume, and it smells like dough. I don't know what else to say about that. I think I think I'm gonna to try to see if I can uh pick this up and try it. Like it money? All, it smells like uh, I think uncooked pizza dough. Which, oh my Wow. Some people I, I guess is find that uh, attractive or pleasant, I'm not sure. That is hot. Yeah. It doesn't smell like sauce. You're not gonna no. smell like, like, like a pizza, like a pizza combo or anything. Cal final unload. Keep the dope perfume. Top that. I found I found out this week that the greatest eighty nine cents you could ever spend when you've got kids are Taco Bell cinnamon twists. My two girls almost murdered each other over them. <laughs> you may be right. I think you nailed this. Eighty nine cents. <laughs> And my final unload is, we didn't get to talk about it tonight, but I know we wanted to, and that's David Wright. David Wright having a moment with a a young fan behind home plate who had asked him about a hundred times to hit a home run, or telling him he was going to hit a home run about a hundred times. And David Wright hit a home run. And then uh, after uh, the Mets won the game, he gave David Wright a hug. Or David Wright gave him a hug, this fan on the rail, and I tell you, it's one of the greatest moments I've seen in baseball. It really is. It's one of the greatest moments I've seen in sports. And uh, it, it it really, I was I welled up. It was magnificent. So I just want to thank David Wright. You know, uh, he's taken a lot of crap <laughs> with this team. And um, that was truly a magical moment that I will never forget in sports. It was transcendent. It's very seldom that sports are, and he was. All right, that's it for tonight. We will see you all next week. Thank you so much for listening. Please uh, subscribe to the podcast, although if you made it two hours and nine minutes in, I'm sure you have. Uh, For Brian Calvi and PJ Cachopo, I'm Steve Sanpietro. We'll see you next week on RTU. Thanks. Shelly. <laughs> True story.
Is that a true story? Blind snail. <laughs> <laughs> 